Welcome to the SJ Child Show, where a little bit of knowledge can turn fear into understanding. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to August 2023. In just 10 days, we'll have the Virtual Autism Summit, the 1 in 36 mix. Reach out to me. I have scholarship tickets available for any families you might think could use a ticket and might not be able to afford it. It's $25 for the two-day event. You can go to my pages. You can look up the one in 36 mix on a bunch of different social medias. Come and join us. 36 autistic speakers, live podcasts, live musicians, amazing performances. Come and support them all. I'd love to have each and every one of you show up and really engage. August 11th and 12th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. One in 36 makes virtual autism event. You will have access to all of the speakers in the community chat. You will have access to the live podcast, Autism Dad, Embracing Autism, The SJ Child Show, and 36 of our amazing autistic presenters. Don't miss it, guys. Reach out to me. Get those scholarship tickets to families in need. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the SJ Child Show. Today, I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation. I have um, a wonderful author and, you know, her books are, are so important or the, I'm not sure if you have multiple ones, but the one that you have and in, in your program, because something that is so important to me and my kind of mission, I think if my whole life has been, um, seeing children, empowering children, like really wanting them to see their value and understand that just because they're them, that is what brings their value to this world. And it's so important when we see people on this journey that we, you know, help support one another. And it just brings about such a beautiful sense of community. Um, So thank you so much for being here today, Meg. Of course, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really exciting to have you here. Meg Zucker, she is the author of, and of course, like I blank out when everything's not in front of me. So I'm going to let you tell the story about um, everything and kind of maybe an introduction and what you got, you started into being such an amazing advocate. So I'm, I'm the author of Born Extraordinary, Empowering Children with Differences and Disabilities. Um, I'm also the president and founder of Don't Hide It, Flaunt It, which is a, a 501c3 um, nonprofit organization. And we focus on um, essentially um, acceptance and empathy. And, and we do a lot of social emotional learning programs for people of all ages uh, across the country. And we've been around since 2015, although this is my first book. I've been writing um, for the past 12 years in magazines and, you know, newspapers and and done some TV as well. That's fantastic. And it's really cool when we can find these mediums to share our passions and help educate others. Tell us about kind of growing up and where, what part of the world are you at? Um, 
So I, well, first of all, I was born with a genetic condition called ectrodactyly, um, which means I have one finger on each hand, shortened forearms, and one toe on each foot. And it's a condition that I pass along to two of my three children. Um, I was born in Illinois, but then I was raised in the Middle East and South Asia. And in fact, um, a lot of the stories that are in the book um, follow me uh, abroad, not just in the United States. Uh, and um, so you know, my my focus in terms of this book and why I wrote this book was because my parents um, really, um, well, they I also had brothers, but they and my brothers were not born with my genetic condition. It didn't end with me, though. I have three children, two of which share it. And so, uh, you know, my focus and intention was, you know, since my parents did such a great job in raising me, um, but they didn't write a guidebook. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to write down exactly the types of things, you know, uh, you know, thoughts of wisdom and, and, and other nuggets of, of good stuff, but also mistakes that even I made, um, yeah. you know, even though I'm the one that gave birth to my difference. Um, the other thing that's really important about the book is that it's not just my story. So it's a story um, or it's a parenting guide, if you will, but it includes the stories of at least 30 other um parents of children with visible and invisible differences and disabilities thought it was really important that, you know, anyone that picks up this book, you know, while thematically, um, you know, well, while we don't all share one another's experience with being different or disabled, um, thematically, the book is there to sort of lend a supporting hand to those parents and then ultimately to empower their children. So important too. And really fine. Um, my, my two children are autistic and my husband and I, and so I understand, like you said, how, you know, we have to sometimes prepare more than just ourselves and our kids. I thought of it as preparing my peers or my kids' peers, you know, and the neighborhood kids. And so that's what kind of started me in writing my books too, is that, that idea that if they can get a little bit more understanding through their friends and, and the people that they grew up with, then hopefully everybody can be more supportive of those things that they need more support with. And it's been so wonderful to see the growth that the children have when they get the knowledge that they need. And a little quote that we like to say is just a little bit of knowledge turns fear into understanding. And kids yeah, I, love that, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, my first chapter is called Embracing the New Normal. And I talk mm -hmm. about how, you know, the opposite of hate, uh, sorry, the opposite of love is not hate. It's actually fear. And every, as a parent, every misstep, or even as a person, um, you know, who's physically different, every mistake that I've made um, really was rooted in fear. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, and I talk about that in the first chapter, which is called Embracing the New Normal. Um, so that first chapter is really designed before a parent turns to empowering and supporting their kids, probably not in that order. Um, they really have to do a check-in on themselves and how how are they doing? What's their mental strength? Are they fear-based parenting? You know, and if they are, then, you know, it's helping them lead them through that and past it, um, because how can we possibly, you know, expect 
that type of level of mental strength and confidence from our children if we haven't achieved it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So important. And it's really important that we, I think this new era of parenting is so fantastic. Um, In fact, this exact, this episode is in the Purposeful Parenting series. So perfect place for it to be uh, because it's so important that we don't look as much at who our kids are going to be. What are we going to make them into? Kind of like I, I felt like our parents were custom to do for us. And it all comes down to, you know, generations and generations of teachings. And they were taught what they were taught. We were, you know, got what we got out of it and decided whether or not we were going to repeat it or not repeat it. And I don't know about you, what your ages of your kids. I have a 23-year-old stepdaughter and then a 13 and 11-year-old. And believe me, that 23-year-old, bless her heart, got all the mistakes made. You know, I, I kind of narrowed out what wasn't working anymore in parenting and what I didn't know, I guess. And and now I know better. Now I can do better, right? With what I know. Yeah. I mean, um, so my kids right now are, um, I have a junior in college and a, um, a high school senior and a high school sophomore, but, you know, in terms of what you were saying before, you know, the, the, there's a chapter at the end right before the additional words of wisdom, which is all those other parents, a lot of them have contributed and also throughout the book. But, um, you know, I, I started Don't Hide It, Flaunt It, our, you know, my nonprofit. Um, it's not even mine anymore. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's bigger than me in a good way, but I started it because Ethan, our son was bullied on the playground, um, for being different when he was in first grade. And again, he's a junior in college now, so it's yeah. a long time ago. Um, and I started to do social emotional learning programs, um, because I felt there was a real hunger in the classroom environment yeah. for teachers to not just focus on kids like my son. Um, who was different, but also um, what about the kids that were willing to taunt him? And that sort of brings me to, you know, you were talking about other kids and, you know, even though this chapter is called Take the Bully by the Horns, Mm -hmm. B-U-L-Y, even though that's the title, um, I really actually focus on um, the concept of friendship in that goal. You know, there's a lot of signs on the wall or posters, be kind, choose kindness. Um, it's not a bad thing to be kind. It's a good thing to be kind. But, you know, when you're living the life in the shoes of a kid that's different or disabled, um, I think that falls flatter. Um, and in fact, you know, it's not, it's inadequate because, you know, if another parent says to their child, you know, be kind to Ryan, you know, then to me, that just means they can smile at them or not in the hallway. And that's kind. Um, they're just not being me. And that's all the yeah. kid hears. And, um, but that Ryan needs a friend. Ryan needs kids to play with on the weekends and invite to a birthday party. Yeah. And so that's what's so important in this, in this space. I love that. Define what the kindness means, define action that they can take solution finding. Right. And they need that. And, creating need empathy. and that's, yes. that, that's the problem we do is, is, is teaching the other kids um, that they have the right level of, or they, they can understand that they'll, they might not share the same condition, um, or experience with the other kid. Um, it doesn't mean that based on something about themselves or their family, they don't like to be judged. So even if they don't have the same thing, they can feel the same way. And once you start teaching kids that, that sort of bridges things. And so you can build that friendship 
And it's not just about kindness. Mm-hmm. Again, to me, it's a good thing. It's just inadequate in this in this regard. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that just having posters up or and not really like teaching our kids how to communicate with the other students in asking questions if they are curious and in in a kind manner and more it's all about the education behind it and what they need to know so that they can make the right choice and if they have the information and they're still making the wrong choices then maybe something needs to be in place and it's so it's great that you said that because i kind of um in a panel, they were asking about, well, what do you think should be done, you know, in behavior when behavior is bad and things. And I kind of have like this outside the box thinker idea. Okay. (laughs) Guilty as charged. What about kindness? What if we put in kindness in place? What if, if you get in trouble, you have to do five acts of service and you have to, you know, write some, find, you know, what, an actor that you're fond of and start there, start with somebody you really like and then build on that now. Okay. Well now add five more students that you might be friends with in the school, write about them and how you could be kind or something. And what if we practiced so much kindness instead of punishment that it changed the way they started thinking. And instead of rebel, 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 you know, kind of in in this vicious cycle, I think. Yeah, look, I mean, I think to your point, um, not every kid anyway responds responds in the same way to consequences. Some kids, you know, really that teaches them a lesson and the other ones just get mad about it and will do whatever they have to do. Um, You know, I I think that's an interesting point and suggestion and always moving the needle is a good thing. Um, I I would agree with you on that, but dig deeper beyond just acts of kindness, like I said, and just have that kid really, really more, you know, that's why we do our, our programming for kids where we ask them to write or do art with a theme, the things that make me different, make me, me and, and ask them to be vulnerable about themselves um, and really think through that and maybe even um, opportunities to share because I do agree. I think, I think it's, that's a, a positive way of moving that needle, but you know, those kids in terms of their true nature, mm-hmm. who they are, and what they are. Like to me, um, I think if we haven't, if we haven't sort of made them, you know, hold up a mirror and really think about themselves, yeah. then, you know, then I think we could be a little bit in danger that those, those wonderful kind acts will just be like what they are in a, in a given moment and they won't yeah. have a long-term Impact. I know this mm-hmm. sounds really weird, but like even on that kid's no, soul. That is so true. That is so true. I think you're right about the introspection. They need to really take a look inside themselves and find those vulnerabilities to understand how safe or unsafe those things make them feel is the same way they're uh, making someone else feel as well. So such a great point. What kind of things do you guys do at the nonprofit? Um, sounds like you do the program, go around the schools and do programs and things. Yep. So, um, well, it start that was our flagship program, um, where it, you know, it turned into, I piloted it after Ethan, our son was, was bullied on the playground, but it turned into, um, a national program. And, you know, so that, um, 
is something we continue to do, those kind of programs. So there was also project flaunt programs, we call them, in middle schools and high schools. Um, but we've also done programs at Boys and Girls Clubs. We are a coalition member with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation to create programming for families of disabled veterans. Um, you know, they we do. Uh, I, I also uh, and we do a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion programming um, in Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. But for the staff as well as you know, programming for the staff and kids, like take your kid to work day programming. So, what what turned you know what tr- was triggered by a very you know negative incident? My son being bullied actually blossomed into something a lot of positive. I'm really proud about that. Yeah. It's interesting how that happens often is that we turn these events that are traumatic, unfortunately for, or, you know, our kids or ourselves. And we have an idea that helps others in the future to not hopefully have to go through that same, um, that same trauma. And yeah, that's, it. it's hard. It's, we always want to know, especially as parents, how to best, you know, protect our kids in that moment. And what can we teach them? What can we instill in them? You can only do so much. You can't be in control of them or the other kids around them at all times. So yeah, so that is really tricky. What type of, um, I had this great question, but then I just was listening too hard and it blanked out of my brain. (laughs) That's a great thing. I think, um, What, um, oh, that's what it was. What type of accessibility do you need for your family and things like that? Is there any other support needs that you, um, have in place that, uh, that you look for maybe in, in the community that could do better? Um, well, for my, for my family, we don't have any needs like that. Um, we are quite self-sufficient. It doesn't mean I can play the flute. Um, so I guess, but I did play the trombone for years. Um, and that's so, cool. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I look, I, I was raised by parents that, you know, helped me realize I was living in my own version of normal, normal, capable of doing anything and everything within my means. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I certainly know that there are people that, you know, you know, leverage things like prosthetics and things like that. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. We just have, you know, I think that it's a very individualized sort of need, but for our family, um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything, but truly um, there's, there's not, it's just, you know, we happen to physically look different and have to manage it. And, and in fact, my book, um, you know, after embracing the new normal, uh, the the next couple of chapters. One is um, building their dignity, mm-hmm. um, because you know when you're living your life as if you're a fish in a bowl with everyone staring, it's really working with the kids to sort of build up that sense of self. Um, and then, yeah. and so to me, um, those are the types of. Uh, 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 it's not about being having accessibility needs, but just sort of needs in the sort of um, mental strength and emotional yeah. strength. And then, um, you know, in the third chapter, it's called Let Go and Let Live. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is about, um, of course, we all want to protect our children, but we don't want to overprotect them. And so it's really um, focusing with parents about how to navigate that. But again, based on that, um, you know, dreaded, dreaded fear, you know, yeah. which, <laughs> if if we're prone to that as a parent, then, you know, we're going to raise very, you know, stifled kids. Mm-hmm. Um 
So, you know, those are the kind of things. So I hope I've answered your question. It's, oh, yeah, you know, it's absolutely. That, yeah. I mean, actually, when, and I wrote about it in the book, um, when I was very little, my parents took me to a place in Chicago, um, an institute to try and put a prosthetic on me. And I was adamant, like I hated it. And mm. I threw it across, I hurled it across the room <laughs> and it was not for me. And, you know, I, I finally, my parents gave up and we left. Um, and it's not to say again, that those kind of um, assets are not great for people yeah. that need them. I think, you know, but I talk about the fact that I think sometimes, you know, parents should be cognizant of the fact that, you know, listen to your kid, you know, is this something you think they need or is this something they actually need? And they'll, they'll probably be very vocal about it if, once they are vocal yeah. um, and, that, and that might change and it might evolve. I am positive though, if, if very early on you make that decision for them, then they're going to be dependent on it. Yes, um, that's so a good point. for me, I never had to do that because I knew what I was capable of. And so it never even occurred to me to offer things like that to Ethan and Charlie or our sons who share my I condition. Love I love that. No, and I think it's it's exactly like you said, kind of living in a new normal. But it, it if we really look back at our entire history, diversity is what we are. That's how what we're all like. We are all so diverse. Like none of us are the same. And so it's um, embracing that rather than you know, pathologizing it and making it some, some horrible thing. But I think I love that about the disability community is it may be um, a little bit sectored into, you know, autism, physical disabilities and that such, but I really have found of kind of friends and um, with, with so many places and so many parts and so many different uh, support systems along the way, like Mindy, we, you know, we're, we're saying I had the honor of interviewing her last year and just being able to watch and follow like the inspiring um, things that can come about from, you know, something that might look to someone else like, a struggle and you really take it in as a parent really have to teach our kids that resilience so that like yeah. you said they have that within them to grow and and do that so how how is college going now then for for those guys well, one of the things i was gonna say is um because you touched on something really important and i hope you read the book please yes yes, yes. <laughs> um you know but important extraordinary um you know, one of the things I talk about is how I, I probably did a little bit of a misstep in terms of communities, you know, for my kids. Like I, I never had that growing up. I also lived abroad in the Middle East and South Asia. So it wasn't well, available anyway. Yeah. But even now, it, it, even when I was in the United States, it wasn't available. I mean, there wasn't, I'm dating myself. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't anything like that. And sure. so, um, you know, I write about in the book about, you know, the importance of, of, that I think it was a missed opportunity. I, I see these, you know, whether it's through social media or the, you know, the safe groups of people that you can connect with and, you know, whether, and, and even it's not only on social media, I see they have picnics once a year or whatever they're doing or events, yeah. um, kids get to connect um, and a level that um, they would otherwise not experience. I thought for our family, I'm like, well, my boys have me, so they don't need that. But, you know, in the book, I talk about how Ethan's like, yeah, mom, I would have been curious. I'd never had a friend that looked like me or whatever. And, you know, in that sense, I, I 
it was a big misstep for me. And so, um, you know, I'm, I, I write about that because I think it's important for people to know where I screwed up, <laughs> not just the things I'd recommend it's, based on experience. I think it's where we get our most wisdom from people is, is those ideas, yeah. because if somebody else has gone through it and they've said, this is don't do this, <laughs> then we have a better idea and might go into it a little more cautiously than if we're just like, do to do, you know, not knowing any of that. So I, I completely agree. And yeah, and at the beginning, I mean, for us, it was a lot different because it was more, I mean, obviously my kids were born with the outer ear mic- microtia, but it's mm-hmm. not as, I mean, it is, did affect me my whole life, but you know, I have a parent that's a contributor with a son that has that condition in the book. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. That's great. You really do cover everybody. (laughs) And you know, it's, it's almost like you have to, you have to understand that everybody's on their own journey and, um, and things affect people so differently across the board. People have different ways they process their feelings or they process society for that matter. Um, and so, yeah, I think that giving all this great information is, is so valuable and so inspiring. Thank you so much. Where can we go to, to find the book and all of that? Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm very grateful. Um, so, um, you just go to megzucker.com, M-E-G-Z-U-C-K-E-R.com. That's my author website. And it has everything from media appearances to uh, about the book will show. I mean, you know, it's available anywhere and everywhere, certainly Amazon and, you know, Walmart and Target and Barnes and Noble and all that kind of stuff. I also um, personally recorded the Audible. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So a lot of people are, um, I find excited about that um, because people tend to be back in, you know, post COVID back in cars more than they used to be. (laughs) And it just, you know, something that passes the time. So I'd be delighted if your audience, um, you know, want to check out Born Extraordinary and and post a review and let me know how you like it. A hundred percent. I hope that they will as well. And I will be. So um, it's been such a pleasure to have you on today too, and and connect with you. I just, uh, you know, at the beginning of our journey with autism, it was very isolating and lonely and just not knowing many people, like you said, not having other families to lean on. And I kind of um, created that. I started making Facebook groups. So like you said, kind of through social media and such, but now it's just uh, brought me this amazing opportunities through the podcast and, and everything. So what it, a pleasure it is to be able to connect with you. And uh, it's just been so much fun. So thank you for thank your time you. today. And you. I appreciate it. Got to make it work. <laughs> Schedules, right? They can be tricky. Those things sometimes. <laughs> well, you have, have a, a fantastic day. day. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you, Sarah. Bye.